0: With the big, don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great promos, great odds, and same-game multi.
1: This footy finals at PalmerBet. Gamble responsibly. For gambling help, call one 858
0: Welcome everyone to Fergo and the Freak. I'm your host, the glorious League Freak. This is episode four hundred and fifty-one, and I'm joined by our good friend Elliot Richardson, who's a Parramatta Eels fan. How's it going, Elliot?
1: Not bad, mate. Thanks for having me on. Good to be back.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I was just saying then, like, I said that we'd get you back on later in the year and hopefully it would be for some big clash between the Panthers and Eels and, like, we made it a good one, hey?
1: Yeah, it just happens to be the biggest game of all.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I feel as though the Panthers and Eels – they didn't really have a huge rivalry. It was kind of the Western Sydney, like, neighbours and stuff, but there was not a huge rivalry. But I think that this whole, this year, and then now we've got a grand final and stuff, I think we might finally have a bloody rivalry. What do you reckon?
1: Well, yeah, I think so too. It's interesting hearing whenever the rivalry between Parramatta and Penrith is discussed, it always seems to come from the side of Penrith players who grew up in the district and played against Parramatta. Mm. And I, I I never really heard it from the Parramatta side. Like, I've never heard it, a para junior come through the grades and gone, oh, all we want to do is beat Penrith. It's always been the other way around. And even growing up as a kid, the big matches weren't against Penrith. They were against mm. the Bulldogs, St. George, and Manly. And why? Yeah. We played the in Grand Finals. Yeah. And we had different results. You know, Manly beat us in our first ever grand final. St George beat us in '77. We we all I think um, one each with the Bulldogs in the '80s. We beat Manly twice in the '80s. Uh, so you get that that there's actually something to stitch, stitch them together. It's not just oh well, you know, we were the first Western Sydney club, and then Penrith the second Western Sydney club. Um, but yeah, I think now that we've played some big matches, this is our third finals match. I think prior to last year, we'd never met in the finals before. I, I don't think. Yeah, um, yeah. And now we've played. Now we're playing our third one basically in a row against each other. Uh, it's yeah, yeah, there's an actual rivalry here. There's something that can actually get passed on almost regardless of who wins on the weekend.
0: Yeah, it's just not a case of just point to them and saying, well, they're there. You know, there's actually something to it now. It's like. Raiders fans, you know, they've got a reason to not like the Panthers. They beat them in the last time they played in grand final. And, you know, we owned the Roosters' soul, obviously, from 2000. That's right. <laughs> but, um, it, You know, and the, I guess there could have almost been a rivalry between the Panthers and Storm. But there, it was almost as though when Cameron Smith retired, it was like a new era for the Storm. So it wasn't like the same team. It was like the Storm now feel like they're different to what they were when Leading up to that first grand final, the, the Panthers played them in. um, So that, that that rivalry kind of didn't go anywhere. But this one, it's I don't know, it just feels like it could be the start of something where it's like, finally, we've got something everyone can say, remember that bloody grand final, you know, and fuck those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't know how old you were in 2009 when you last made the grand final. Was it I 2000?
1: was a teenager. Yeah, okay. yeah, I was a teenager.
0: Yeah. I was at high school. So you you were old enough to really take it all in. And oh,
1: definitely. I, I went to I think every home game that season. Mm-hmm. Probably I think plus a couple of away games. I went to the the semi final against the Titans and then the preliminary final against the Bulldogs. Um, couldn't get tickets to the grand final. Um, my mum had had booked us to go down to Canberra that weekend in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know she checked with dad and I. She's like, "How do you reckon Parramatta's going?" And we were coming. <laughs> 12th or 13th and we're like yeah I'll have grand final weekend yeah sure let's go to Canberra and then we got into the grand final and dad and I looking at each other going oh we're in Canberra aren't we and we sat in our apartment um there and watched the watched the match from there um which was a bit I know it's a bit I was just dad and myself and and mum um mum likes the footy kind of to an extent Mm
2: -hmm. um
1: she lived with dad and I long enough that it became part of her, her weekend so she gets along to a couple of matches a year and um you know follows the team but it's not like dad and i dad and i are nuts um, yeah there's a if you if you meet us in in public um we're two very logical human beings mm-hmm. um but then a couple of lunatics that are psychotic get let loose from the asylum whenever Paramata plays
0: that's hilarious it's funny when you when you have somebody that's close in your life that's not a footy tragic like you are and you've you've kind of have to take that into account sometimes, and like you can see that they're happy for you, but they they don't have that same like thing about you know I the, oh, there's this team you go and watch and play them and stuff. It's like no, that's it's more than that, you know. Yeah, it's, it's
1: a lot more than that.
0: You
1: know? My um, wife has, since she's known me, no, has known how how crazy I am. Uh, our second date was actually at a Parramatta a Bulldogs game. <laughs> It was my way of testing if she was going to put up with me. Um, <laughs>
2: yes,
1: yeah, so we had our first date, which is, you know, usual coffee date, get to know you. And then I, I had a spare ticket to the game. So I said, do you want to come to the footy? And, and she said yes. Uh, and then turned up for a third date. So I went, oh, I'm on here.
2: <laughs> she watched
1: me lose it. Uh, I think it was it was twenty twenty sixteen, So there was still semi radar playing. I think we, we, we belted the Bulldogs that game. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, she got to see me in like full flight, screaming at the referee. Get him side, you know, just just being absolutely nuts, and um, yeah, she's put up with it ever since she she kind of watched me almost in awe last week on on the Friday night uh, mm. in the preliminary final.' It's like my husband is this very rational, normal human being, but i'm watching this <laughs> I'm watching him lose it over a game of football
0: That's hilarious. I think the thing that I do is I stand up I can't, I can't sit down. So I'll be watching it on TV, and I'll start off, and I'll, you know, be in my seat. But then something happens, and I'm up, and I just don't sit back down, and I'll, I'll sort of pace around in front of mm. the TV. Sometimes I'll lean against the back of the couch, just looking at the floor. Um, and, and that's that's my crazy thing that I do while I'm watching at home. Uh, I don't know what I do when I'm at the football because I'm so wrapped up in it. But I, I remember when I was a teenager once, and I was at a Parramatta game because my friends all went for Parramatta because they're all from sort of more black town than Penrith, Penrith way. Mm-hmm. And so I remember going to a Parramatta game when I was a teenager and one of my friends kept on looking at me and I'm like, what are you looking at? And he's like, I'm waiting for you to start ranting about the trainers. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't rant about the trainers. And the, all, all my other friends just started laughing and they're like, dude, you go off about the trainers every time you hear. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't even know I was doing it.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't know what I do at games because um, mm-hmm. Dad and I go to basically every game. We've been season ticket holders since I think two thousand and six, mm-hmm. um, so hundreds of games that we've been to. Uh, but at home, yeah, on on Friday night, I was I was walking around the the family room. I, I think I I went to the toilet when when Moses was lining up the kick at the, the penalty goal. Mm-hmm. I went, I, just, I can't watch. I'm like, serious. I just can't watch it. My wife's like the games. I'm like I can't watch it. I I I had a feeling he was going to miss it. So i I've gone to the toilet. She's like, "Yeah, she, he's missed it." And I'm like, "Did it go dead?" She's like, "What do you mean?" Like, "Did it go dead?" That's all I want to know. Did it go dead?
0: That's hilarious. That's brilliant. I
1: think, I think by the end of the game, I was standing like barely half a meter from the TV, oh, just really? like screaming us like, "Tackle him! Tackle him! Fucking tackle him! Tackle him! Just don't don't let don't let Homes run. Just tackle him. Don't let Townsend run. Don't let Deaton run. Just tackle him." Oh, and I saw I saw um you know the pass go to ground. I was like, just fall on it. Fall on it. <laughs> I think by the end of it, I think I was on my knees by the end of the game when Bailey Simpson came up with the ball, and I was like, "It doesn't matter what happens here. If the referee rules that it's our knock-on, the game's over. If he rules it's their knock-on, the game's over. We've we've won. We're going to the grand final." Yeah. Um. I think by the end of it, I was crying. Um. Did you cry? Yeah, I did. I, yeah. I I didn't cry at my wedding. Um. Got mm. two kids that didn't cry at their birth, but I cried <laughs> when Parramatta made a grand final.
0: That's interesting because I remember um la- uh, yeah it was it last year yeah last year in our finals run, and it was the game we beat the Melbourne storm in, so it wasn't even the the preliminary final and um my my dog Mason had passed away at, oh, a couple of weeks earlier, I think or maybe a week and a half earlier and i watched that game and when we won that game i was on my knees bawling my eyes out and i was like i needed that game <laughs> <laughs> um and, and it's interesting the ones that will get you, you know it might not mm-hmm. if, if you win the grand final you might not cry during the grand final but for whatever reason just the make getting there and being like we're finally here that's the one that gets you it's, it's funny yeah, yeah, I, yeah i didn't cry during last year's grand final at all i didn't even come close But for whatever reason, that Melbourne game, I bawled like a a little kid.
1: I think I might. Um, It is Dad and I going. We're going to Combank. We couldn't get grand final tickets um, Mm -hmm. together. So Mm -hmm. we decided, look, we can sit together at at Combank Stadium where they're going to have the big screen set up and be able to watch it together there. Um, Because, yeah, it would be the first – if we win, it would be the first premiership I've ever seen.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, And not just that, I – I've kind of been to this before because I'm a Liverpool fan and we, we break a 30-year drought a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I sat in the lounge crying like before I went to work because we won up midweek because the English system because its first-past-the-post. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea beat Man City, which meant we had the title. Um, but, yeah, it was a different feeling. It was just myself. My, my dad follows the Premier League but not to the level I do in, in that way. Liverpool support's almost as strong as my Parramatta support. I'll, I'll get up at really random hours to watch whenever we're playing, um, and do that. I think last season we played 64 games, so I did that a lot. Okay. Um, and yeah, f- to to win the premiership on on Sunday, I think I will be crying. Um, I think a big part of it too is because uh, my grandfather passed away three years ago,
2: yeah. so I
1: never got that with him. I never got to celebrate a premiership with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the one who gave me all the tapes from the 80s. He taped every grand final Parramatta played in, but he only gave me the ones that we won.
2: <laughs> so <laughs>
1: 81 to 83 and, and 86. Um, so I watched them as a kid when I was, you know, off sick or something. And yeah, to be able to to have that now that I've got kids, to be able to see us win a premiership with my dad would be amazing. Um, not that my kids really understand what's happening. One's three and the other's um, nearly five months old. So it'll be something I tell them about but not something they're probably going to remember. Yeah. You know, my son knows about Parramatta and he's got a little Parramatta flag that he runs around the house with, but he's got no real, you know, interest yet in actually following and watching the sport.
0: Yeah. As long as he's, as long as he has the colors and he's got the logo that he's looking at, you just don't want them to have a choice.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I haven't given him a choice. He's had Eels jerseys since the day he was born. You know, all my family bought him Eels ones. He's even, the People I worked with at the time, they made sure he had all the paramedic gear he could ever need yeah. um, as a baby. And then, you know, my youngest has now got a lot of that as well because we just passed it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping that uh, if he does decide he's going to fill out rugby league, I hope it's paramatter. I don't know if I, I don't know how I'd take it if you decide to follow another club. <laughs> but I think I'd cope very, very well.
0: Yeah, well, like Andrew's daughter decided she wanted to be a Panthers fan, but he was kind of happy that she wasn't following his west tigers she was like i don't want that for us so mm. it worked out all right there but yeah it's uh it it'd be if he decided to be a bulldogs fan or something it'd be like oh
1: man oh he's, he's out he's out on the street if he does that
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's hilarious now um I reckon there's actually going to be a pretty big crowd there at Combank Stadium. It sounded like yes. that they were gearing up for a pretty big event there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so there should be a really, really good atmosphere there. Do you know how they're going to set it all up? Uh, because They've
1: got two live sites out there. So one is at Combank Stadium, so inside the ground, which is the tickets we've got. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have some big screens set up there, uh, and uh, they're selling tickets in the Eastern Grandstands. So I believe that is the Ken Thornett. I think it's the Ken Thornett side, um, which is where my, my season tickets are anyway, so that's fine by me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Leagues Club is having a live site in the car park with the big screen set up. Um, and and you can, you know, uh, they've got a, a bunch of different packages to purchase through the Leagues Club. Um, but only Leagues Club members can get that. Uh, so you need to be, we've got the two memberships at Parramatta, so you're either a football club member, which, you know, gets you the, the games, or you're a Leagues Club member. Well, you can have both. I've got both. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're going to have the two life sites. So you, you're probably going to get, I reckon, 15,000 um, there across the across the two life sites. I think mm-hmm. the Eastern Grandstand sits about 10,000 people or something. And it wouldn't surprise me if they sold that out.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it'll be – It's if you win, it's going to be absolutely awesome. And if you lose, it, it's going to be – man, it's going to be – a, a rough, a rough time to leave the stadium. You know, everyone's going to be, yeah. like, it's not like a normal footy game where you've got the, it, like other supporters and stuff. It's just going to be Parramatta supporters. So it's going to be one way or the other.
1: Yeah. You yeah, it's either going to be manic or it's going to be depressed. And yeah. I mean, if they win the, the, I don't know what you're going to do with the traffic around the lease club. You know, when they won in 81, they, they couldn't even get the team bus to the lease club yeah it was that packed and i I think you'd have the same problem here. I don't know what you'd be able to do to try and clear Paramount fans off the street of O'Connell street if they won the the comp on sunday um it'd be a a very cathartic thing i think for a lot of fans um you saw the guy who was who was on who would have been on t v on Friday night who was just lost it after the the weird yeah. guy with the the Kramer hair
2: yeah, uh, yeah and they did
1: so. a a story with him i think on Sunday on Monday and he's got the eels suit. And he was just, he was all of us. That was the thing is, it's his one guy. Um, but he actually represented so many of us in that one shot, how we felt. Um, and I think it's been more of that if they went on Sunday.
0: Yeah, look, I haven't thought about it until listening to you now. In a way, I mean, for, I guess you could say a couple of generations almost of Parramatta supporters, this is, this would be your first grand final. Um, I, I'd never thought of that, hey. Because I, I guess as a Panthers fan, the, we had 91 and then like 2003 and then we had the one last year. So it's been kind of consistent every decade, you know. Um, So, so the, there's, the generations of Panthers fans have kind of seen it at some point, unless you're like a, a young kid or something. And then it's a bit different, I think, when you're a young kid. Um, but yeah, it's been long enough for Parramatta fans that there's plenty of years that are just like me and I've never, I've never had one. I've never felt it. I want to know what it's like. So that's, that's kind of cool when you think of it like that.
1: Yeah. I've been getting a lot of that from Parramatta fans. The, the podcast I've been listening to has been almost all Parramatta all week. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's the guys at the Cumberland throw or, or elsewhere.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: and I know one of the guys that the Cumberland throw 60s um, as he's, he's um, Monica. It intimates, he's child of the '60s, so he watched the '80s, um, and I've spoken to him about it. You know, he he watched all that, and then he's been through all the crap after that too. And you know, he's he's described being, you know, seeing the the '81 grand final and the breaking of the drought. Um, and he said he'd probably, you know, if they win this year, it'd be probably very similar to that. Um, in that, I think it was thirty thirty four years from inception to '81. Mm. That was the the break between um, premiership wins. Um, and then a lot of people, my age and even even older than me because i 'm in my late twenties uh you know we 've never seen the premiership, but we 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 watched two thousand and one and we watched two thousand and nine and two thousand and one was was painful and heartbreaking oh, yeah two thousand and nine was different a lot mm-hmm. of the fans I've spoken to have been it was just it was a nice ride and we, it it didn 't work out in the end, but you couldn't you couldn 't really be upset because you you didn 't expect to be there at all you know it 's easy to say oh, well, you got there, you should have expected to win, but the other hand is you weren't even supposed to be there. So sit back and enjoy the ride and, and whatever happens, happens. And I think the big thing this time around is this is our fourth consecutive final series. Uh, we finished top four and it's kind of it, – it feels like it's it's now or never, really.
0: Um, yeah, it does feel like that. And because you've got, like, a few key players leaving um, – it, it, it kind of does feel like this is the peak of what you, this group has in it and next year there might be a little bit of a step back. Um, that's not to say that they won't build back up again or that they might not win it again next year, but like if you had to put your money on it, this is the peak year for what Parramatta can do where all of the experience and the the having lost, having got close, having thought they were good and that just didn't work out and they're here now, and it's like, don't waste it, you know?
1: Yeah, don't don't drop this opportunity to, to do it. And I think the good thing is throughout this final series, they've been tested. And throughout the – probably the more interesting thing is the past two years, Parramatta, this side, has had to break a lot of hoodoos and a lot of droughts. I'm not an overly superstitious person, but I think there is something when – an opponent gets something over you and you can't break it and something happens when you finally do. Like beating Melbourne in Melbourne, we've done that. We beat Canberra in Canberra. We, you know, we beat Newcastle in Newcastle. Um, we beat Penrith in Penrith. We, um, we we finally managed to beat the Roosters in a game, <laughs> which we did last year, but that was in very controversial circumstances. Like that was the Dylan Brown and Drew Hutchison thing. And um, Whereas this year, we, we literally, we, we, we took, the roosters and like the deep end and then beat them the way the old roosters would have beaten sides. We, we played across the 80 minutes and ground them into, ground them into the, the dirt and finished over the top of them. Um, and then come finals, you know, lost first week and everyone was like, well, this, you know, the, the Parramatta's the favorites in the second week, they should beat Canberra, but you know how Parramatta goes and favoritism, it doesn't always work out. And to come out and put on that performance was just breathtaking. I didn't expect that at all. Um, uh-huh. I thought Canberra would really trouble us, particularly early on. They'd come out, they'd be physical, they'd be fast. Uh, they'd, they'd pull at our edges and see what would happen. And I, I didn't think... The, the thing that's really surprised me, this this final series has been our defence, actually. A lot of time and, and air has been given to our attack, which has been pretty outstanding too. Um, but the defensive... Change in defensive structures and ability to limit teams giving in terms of opportunities and then also... Um, limit the amount of points being scored, like even that that Cowboys game. The Cowboys, I think, had, by the end of the night, had, I think, four or five total sets of six on our line. And they, they'd come away with 20 points. Yeah. You know, three tries and a penalty goal. But when you talk about, when you look at that, that's, that's outstanding levels of defense, the amount of tackles you've had to withstand, particularly the finish to that game where the Cowboys just came in hot and they threw the kitchen sink at us. And I was speaking to Dad at half time and uh, what, was, what was the halftime score? It was 12-all, wasn't it? Um,
0: Honestly, I can't remember.
1: <laughs> I, ca- I can't remember now either. I think it might have been 14-12. Oh, I think that Valentine Holmes might have kicked that penalty goal right on time. But I remember saying... The, thing, the
0: thing for that game that, that got me was like, the Cowboys had their chance, and they didn't get it done. And that's what this time, part of the year is all about. It's like, if you get your chance, you've got to get it done. And, and that was what was so crazy about the South versus uh, Panthers game the next day, was that Souths had a 12-point lead, and they were in the box seat. Penrith wasn't even playing that well at all. Uh, and they're smothering Penrith. going, and it's, it's even, and it's like, man, that was their chance, you know?
1: When, when Toto scored that try, that's when Souths are cooked. Yeah, yeah. they had all the momentum, and then that try it wasn't through Penrith getting back into the game. It wasn't through Penrith starting to get on top. It was literally another intercept, a Mm -hmm. dropped ball collected, and he took off for eighty meters and scored. And that is so. I think it's it's that's more deflating for a side than when you've absorbed some pressure on your line and then concede a try because you go, well, that's just part of the 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 momentum of a game, how it swings and, and changes. But when you are on top and you hand the other side six points, that can destroy you. And it mm. did in the end to South. So they didn't come back from that. Um, the, I think the really interesting thing is both Parramatta and Penrith had to come from behind in that in their preliminary finals. Mm. You know, Penrith ended up doing it a little more comfortably, but I think they were under a lot more scoreboard pressure than Parramatta ever was. I think you guys were down 12-0. The biggest gap we had was eight points. Mm. and And both sides had to find Way to get themselves back into the game, um, and then ensure that they kept the other side out of it for as long as they could. And like I said, Penrith kicked away uh, by the end of the match, and Parramatta had to kind of hang on by the skin of their teeth against the Cowboys. So both sides ended up getting it getting it done in the end.
0: Yeah, and it's like you won't, and you don't know until it all plays out. You know, we won't know until full time on Sunday, but you wonder how the journey affects the destination, you know. And I always wonder about when you play an opponent in the first week, like we've seen Parramatta and Penrith play, and one team wins and then that team goes on a, and that team goes off, you know, and then the other team has to go on a long, hard journey to get back and play that opponent again.
1: And well, that happened to you guys last year, didn't it?
0: Uh, who do we play? Yeah, yeah, it did, yeah, yeah. And, and the and like how how do you back up? Like I tend to think that the team that lost the first game, and I said this with the Roosters versus mm. South match in the last round, I tend to go for the team that lost in when they back up again because there's something that you can look at and say that's what we did wrong, you know. And there you're also pissed off that you lost that game as well. Um, there's something about that
1: the Parramatta players and coaching staff have been talking about that first week a little bit they've obviously been asked about it mm -hmm. and they've all said we didn't play Parramatta football we tried to beat Penrith at their own game we're changing that for the grand final you know we're going to play the way we want to play um I think that's right you're not going to beat Penrith trying to play like Penrith it's like trying to beat Melbourne when they're playing like Melbourne in the the 2010s you know what I mean Mm -hmm. every side went oh you just you, you you work out your sets you kick long you chase hard and you dominate the ruck, and it's like, well, that's good until you play Melbourne, who are the best at it. Yeah, And then you're like playing with one hand tied behind your back. And both times Parramatta beat Penrith this season. It was playing Parramatta football. Mm-hmm. It was promoting the ball. It was looking for the offloads. It was generating 2nd face play. It was being physical in defence, but it wasn't trying to, yeah, you've got to stay alive to the 80th minute, but Parramatta plays the best when they are trying to score points, not when they're trying to protect the lead or not when they're just trying to stay in an arm wrestle. Yeah, they can Stay no, in the arm no
0: one's grinding the Panthers out. Like no. it's they're they they're kind of psychotic <laughs> in that way. You can't grind them out. It, you've got to try and you've got to try and kick their ass is mm. the only way to do it. Because just go grinding through your sets is just playing their game, yeah. playing into their hands.
1: You almost have to look a little bit how Queensland have played New South Wales in the past few years. And when the matches have been more even, right, so it's not like those Latrell Mitchell and Tom Draboyevich blowouts, Mm. when that match has been in the balance, if Queensland have got ahead, they haven't really given up the lead that much. Mm -hmm. They've put the onus on Nathan Cleary to try and create points. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, Nathan Cleary is a great halfback, but you wouldn't say he's one of the best at creating points when he's behind on the scoreboard. Because he relies, and Penrith rely, on grinding a team out right, mm-hmm. kicking long, chasing hard, trying to play it down the other end of the field now if if you're behind on the scoreboard, eventually that scoreboard pressure starts to tell, like you start looking for that little bit of an extra pass, you start looking for that bit extra on your kick, and before you know it that 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 kicks run dead, that pass has gone forward or it's bounced off your your support runner because they have missed time their run, they're not expecting the ball to be thrown as hard um I think you saw a little bit of that uh in the, the first game that we played earlier in the year uh, mm. at Penrith Park, where Parramatta, I think, came from behind um, to, to end up winning that, even though Penrith came late. It was, there was scoreboard pressure on Penrith as that, that game grew on, and I think it started to make a few more mistakes, and they, didn't, they looked less and less penrith as the yeah. game went on because they were chasing the game.
0: Well, Penrith's attack can look so clunk, and I've said this all year, and it's ha- weird to say because they won 20 games. But their attack can look really bloody clunky, you know? And, and the way they put points on you is that you get to the 60th minute and you're stuffed because they've been smashing you for 60 minutes, you know? It, 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 as you say, it's not like they're a team that has this ridiculous attacking flair about them. It's all very much like, just you like you feel like you're dying and then they're running over the top of you.
1: If you watch, and I think I read this, this is, uh, by Jason Oliver, at Rugby League writers, and he was – saying that uh, Parramatta withstood a lot of attack from the Cowboys and only needed seven tackles or something in the Cowboys' 20 to score four tries. And it was like Penrith actually had one of the lower conversion rates, I think, for tackles in the opponent's 20 and then points scored. I think they sit around eighth or something. And I think Parramatta sit third. And so it's like Penrith looked, like you said, to try and grind you out of the game, exhaust you, and then exploit the tied defenders on the inside by targeting your edges. And so Paramount is going to be very aware to try and stay, because Penrith, I think they've got the the best um, possession rate in the competition at 53% or something. And Paramount is second at 52%. So that's an interesting matchup because obviously you can't really get that split. You know, you might get a 50, 50 split in the grand final. So it could also come down to who's better in the 20 meter zone, because you might not get as many attempts as you normally would during the season against other opposition so who can ice that moment when the game's there to to be won, or who is going to surge ahead early, um, and then and put the other team under pressure? Um, and the funny thing is, Parramatta has gone away from being that that uh, early twenty-minute blitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they had that for the past few years. Like they come out of the blocks flying, put you to the sword early, and then play from in front. And the longer this season's gone on. Sometimes they concede the first try. Sometimes they score the first try, but it also it almost doesn't matter to them. It's like if they score the first try, they might go on and go on with it a bit more. But they seem a lot more measured. They don't try and overplay their hand, whereas previously they did. Um,
0: yeah, I wonder how that'll play out in the in the grand final because my feeling is that for the Eels to win, they've got to get off to a good start. They, yeah. If, if Penrith score the first points, um, like if they score the first try, not the first point so much, but the first try. I feel like that's probably a bad sign, just because it'll it'll allow the Panthers then to play the grind. Yeah, game, you yeah. Know? It'll and, allow
1: them to get into their rhythm.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I it, I think it kind of plays into what you were saying before. You wanna you wanna have the Panthers under pressure. And it was weird because last week when they played Souths, they were down twelve nothing, and they weren't playing well, but it it felt like they were still a little bit comfortable. But if South had just got, like, a, a penalty goal or something, just to get that extra little bit of pressure on, it might have been enough to get Penrith going to that game plan where you've got to throw it around and you've got to make mistakes. And then all of a sudden you're, you're breaking down their percentages, you know? Mm. Uh,
1: um, I think they needed to, they needed to go into half-time with the lead, not, not level, because it's uh, that just, whole mental thing, right, that you had the lead and you lost it. And for Penrith, it's like, we played a shocking first half, but the scores are even. Mm-hmm. I think, a bit, I think it was a bit the same with, with the Parramatta Cowboys game too. We had a shocking first half as well. We I mean, mm-hmm. completed it at like 55 or 60%. It's pathetic. But we were so in the game at half time. And the Cowboys are like, we had all that possession, all that field position, and how the hell is it still even?
0: Yeah, yeah. There was a point there where I, I was watching the Cowboys and I'm like, I think that they've got Parramatta
1: here. Just yeah, I thought they it- did with Tal Lungy's try. I thought they had us.
0: Yeah, and I'm, and I'm like, is this where, and this is where the teams are on this journey to become a champion, you know, where it's like, this is where we're going to see if they're going to, if they're going to go, oh, this is too difficult, or they're going to go, everything's cool, let's just get back into it, and they got back into it. Yeah, and,
1: Moses did his job, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of focus on the two kicks he put out in the fall. Mm. Uh, in the first half. But the second half, he he did his job. And it was just the left edge of Dylan Brown and Sean Lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brown's ability to just isolate Lane onto a smaller guy, which I think is going to be a big part of Paramount's attack this weekend, yeah. is utilizing Sean Lane to get it clear. Now, Cleary is probably the second, second best half defender in the competition. I, I'd rate Brown number one. Brown's physicality is a bit better. Um, and he's kind of – he's almost like this guy you actually can't beat one-on-one. If you watch him, he'll stand up a a back roll and and stick to him like glue. Mm. Um, But I think uh, the way Parramatta will attack is is asking clear. Yeah, yeah, you're a good defender, but you can't tackle Sean Lane up top. You know that's going to be there. What they're going to try and do?
0: To handle with that that height that he's got, like it's so awkward. He's like a
1: massive giraffe.
0: Yeah, it's it's like spider arms or something. It's ridiculous. I've never. I've never focused on Brown d- as a defensive player. I'll have to watch that. Hey,
1: watch him because he's. I think he's, his tackle efficiency is well over ninety percent. I think it might be ninety five percent or something. The yeah. guy makes a lot of tackles. Yeah. Um. And his, his reading of the game is exceptional as well for a half. He he knows when to come up. He knows when to stay out. And it's a reason that Paramount's left edge defense is actually quite hard to pick apart. Mm. You know, that's a defense, That's the side the Cowboys tried to score against late um, using Kyle Felt. And the left edge worked the way it should. You know, they held, they slid, and Sivo got to him in enough time to put him into touch. And they did that a fair few times in the, the last two months of the season, daring teams to go around them mm-hmm. rather than allowing them to go around them. That up and in defence seems to have gone uh, for the most part. There's going to be the odd misread, I'd imagine, but the um, the the slide defence has been very effective. It's the same with P- Penrith defend as well. They hold and slide, and mm-hmm. they wait for. Um, you to make a mistake like you try and beat them on the outside, they'll show you the touchline and put you over it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the way that that's the way you have to defend these days. Um, I I kind of actually like that a bit uh, in terms of attacking wise as well. Parameter like change of angles. They like sending Lane or Papali'i back on the inside, you know, keeping the in, inside defenders honest, making them make sure they get across and make their tackles. And we've seen I've spoken about Sean Lane and his ability to promote the football in, in contact. But Papali, he's also got that ability to, to just burrow his way through a single defender. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, he's obviously very difficult to tackle one-on-one, um, kind of regardless of your size. his size. He seems to get down and just drive with his legs, and you, you can lock the ball up, but he'll take another 10 metres off you if you don't take him down by his legs.
0: He's like an upsized to oh. <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's got that leg drive, and you can get a good hit on him. You can hit a flat line, and sometimes it just doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, he's also made a habit of scoring from dummy half. He just gets so low mm. and and just powers through the first contact close to the line and you can't hold him up.
0: Did you see the the interview we did at the Daly Ams where they no. said, uh, it, it blink if you're, if you're going to the <laughs> West Tigers? And I kept his eyes wide open. That was the funniest <laughs> shit. Like, I know West Tigers fans would be so upset about it. But fucking hell, it was so funny. It was so good. And he did it so purposefully, too.
1: <laughs> he ain't going to the West Tigers. Yeah, I think he's really regretting that decision now. <laughs> you know, you watch the West Tigers shit show that was this season, and they've oh. come last, and now you're in the grand final, and you're going, oh, that was the worst mistake in my career. Just, yeah. You know?
0: And I can see, I can see making it, too. Because when he signed, like, he signed when Maguire was still there. Mm. And they were kind of working towards something and and he signs and then that the club just explodes into a mess. And, he, yeah, he must have been like, uh, I don't know how much extra they were paying him to go there, but he's, I think he's ready to burn it right now.
1: Yeah, that'd be nice if he stays.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, look, I think it'd be great for his career if he stayed. I always think that if you're a player like him that was in a situation where he was, was at the Warriors and it, it kind of like... You know, he wasn't the first creator that really stood out in any way. And then he goes no. to Parramatta, and for whatever reason, everything just works for him. He's in the right environment. He starts playing well. You know, he's got the right teammates around him. So just stay there. Like, it's not worth the extra money to take self out of that environment, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. You, you see some players do that. They say, you know, I'm here. I'm playing well. Why would I leave? Mm. Uh, you know, I, I get there's, there's a money point too but i also think um you know you've got to look at your career and go okay if i stay at this club for another three seasons um you know my my, my career gonna um, my career itself is gonna be a lot better i'm gonna be worth more for longer whereas if he struggles at the tigers um he might have a good initial contract with them but he, he may be fighting for a new contract after that you know what i mean mm-hmm. um, i mean we probably should get back to Talking about this weekend Not the Tigers contract situation The <laughs> yeah. next season
0: Seriously Our podcast always descends Into Tigers bashing And it just happens Yeah Because everyone that comes on Is just like I can't believe the West Tigers man Fuck <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: So yeah So Like I, I think you and me Agree with a lot of How this game has to go For Parramatta to win it Um. And the the thing that I've been saying all week is that, like, this Panthers team ticks all uh, – they've ticked every box you could ask them to tick, right? And if they, they're they now in a place where they can become one of the three teams that have won back-to-back titles in the modern era, the 10-metre era, because um, they don't count Broncos won when they won Super League. Fuck them. And, <laughs> and, um, but then because they're also a young side too, there's – They've got the opportunity to beat, like in, we could be talking about a similar sort of lineup for the Panthers in four years from now, which is kind of crazy because they're all still young enough to do that. They've got Mm -hmm. the Panthers have the opportunity to become possibly a great side. And if this Parramatta team can beat this great Panthers team, well, damn it, they're a great champion in their own right. And there's nothing you can take away from them. And that's the way I'm looking at this grand final is that. It's one way or the other, we're going to end up with a team that we can say, oh, man, where does this team rate against the modern, great teams we've seen? Or this team just beat possibly one of the great, modern, great teams, you know? It's so cool in that sense.
1: One of the things I'm holding on to is that Penrith are so good Mm. um, that it has been so difficult to go back to back. Yeah, yeah. How much of the salary cap were Melbourne? They never managed it. They went to four consecutive grand finals. They never managed to go back-to-back.
0: Yeah, like the only one we've seen in recent times is the Roosters. Mm. And then, before, I mean, then you're going back if you don't take the Super League Grand uh, Super League title in 97, which I don't. I know plenty of people do, but I don't. Yeah. And then you're back to the bloody Broncos in 92-93. And you think of all of the great plays the Broncos had in 92-93, and they, couldn't get, they weren't in it in 94. Like they were a good team, but they weren't in the grand final in 94, so um, it's bloody hard just to have got to where the Panthers are now. And yeah, you've got to wonder, does that wear them down? Now, one of the things I've thought is that maybe with all of the rest that their players have had leading up to this week's game, where they had the week off after week one of the finals, then they had players that were suspended and injuries and all that sort of stuff, whether that will cancel some of that sort of grind out. The other thing is them being young as well. Like normally mm. teams that get to this point, three straight grand finals even, they're veteran teams.
1: I'm I'd interested. Want,
0: if they're, if they're, their age and all of the rest they've had will cancel that out and we will find out. That's the best part about yeah. it.
1: I'm interested to see the mental application because you can understand Penrith last year, right? The year before, they get blown out of the water by Melbourne in the first half. Yeah. Like Penrith played decent football, but Melbourne have been there before then and Cameron Smith's just like, This is how you play grand final kids, I'll show okay. you
0: how. One hundred percent. You know,
1: and then last year yes, and,
0: you know.
1: they get into that that big arm tuss, arm wrestle with, with South and they're going pound for pound for what, about 60 minutes until Stephen Crichton intercepts Cody Walker's pass mm-hmm. to 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 surge Penrith ahead? And you go, so last year, Penrith's driven by losing the previous year. They've learned a lot of lessons. And then this season, they are the hunted. They're not the hunters anymore. They're mm-hmm. not the ones out to avenge the previous season. They're there to, to stake their claim to remain on top. And then you've got Parramatta who are going, well, we could be the team to break the 36-year drought, and I know that basically all the chat within the side is nothing about that history because you can get weighed down by it and you can overthink it. And I think that happened to the side in 2001. Um, I think there's was too much focus on on being that next great side rather mm. than just 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 winning, you know. Yeah. Um, mm. And I think it 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 showed in the preliminary final that that Parramatta was ready to go um, this week almost immediately. They they had interviews with Junior Barlow. Um, after and the first thing he said was jobs not done. We've got one more game to go. And the same from Sean Lane. I um, think there's a lot more focus there that they're not getting ahead of themselves. But you can't in a grand final. Uh, the interesting, other interesting thing is I spoke to Steve Edge a couple of years ago, and he's a seri- he was a serial winner during his career. Won two comps with St George, three yeah. with Parramatta.
0: People these he- days probably don't know that that he was he was like. A Cameron Smith guy. He was like a winner. And they yeah. that's what they got him there for.
1: He played four consecutive grand finals at the end of his career. Mm. Uh, and he won three of them. Mm. And I remember asking, like, how, how did you manage that? Like, you've won two in a row. How do you win the third? And he was just like, well, we had a side that didn't know how to lose. And we weren't going to lose. And he said Ray Price was a big driver of that. He said, Ray just refused to lose those games. Um, and you saw that in 86. Ray Price was there and Parramatta didn't lose. And and Edge was saying, you know, I came to Parramatta to win to win premierships. And having had that experience with St. George, I knew how to win a grand final. Mm. Uh, but, you know, part of that was, was, was Jack Gibson as well. You know, he already won two when he came to Parramatta. And it was that experience they had of just refusing to to lose and knowing that, you know, they were the better side. They having that confidence and that belief in themselves that they were the better side on the day to to get the job done. Um, so that's going to be the interesting. You know, Paramount is driven by that want. You know, for a lot of them, it's it's Ingrid like Marnie said it's our last dance. There's a, there's half a dozen guys leaving that have been the nucleus of this side for the past three or four years. It's their last chance together to to win a premiership. Um and then the other side of the coin is Penrith are probably driven by a bit of history too, that'd be the the only the second side in the past twenty years to have gone back to back and really really um drive home how good of a side they are. Cause I think this might be a side that we don't recognise as truly great until, you know, a decade's time when they're starting to retire.
2: And yeah.
1: you know, yeah. people start looking around and clear he's thirty three or something and right at the end of his career and same for To'o and Luai and then they're starting to look back going these guys were part of an unbelievable Penrith era um, and mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how they're, they're going to, as I said, they're young that no one none of their guys have actually um, it's, it's unlike Melbourne in that none of their guys have been through this before uh, in terms of defending the title they've won it, they know how to win it now they've got to defend it
0: Yeah, and it's, it's very different defending it you know, it's I, and I always felt like last year when they come into the grand final and, and they they slayed a couple of dragons on the way, you know, they that beating Melbourne was massive because then they were like, OK, we know we can finally beat the Storm, right? And then they, they get into the grand final eventually and they're coming up against a team that beat them a few weeks earlier. And I always felt going into that game that if they had a lost that game and they'd lost back-to-back grand finals, it would have been... Um, mentally devastating to them.
2: Mm.
0: And it, it, I think that if they had lost that game, this season would have turned out very different for them. I think they still would have been a very good team. But I don't think they would have won 20 games, for instance. No, no. I, think, I, have... I think that it took a lot of pressure off them that they've, they've all got premiership rings now.
1: Mm. But how does that affect them? You know? Yeah, how does that affect them late in the yeah. game if they've got yeah. to try and play from behind? Yeah. I mean, I asked Steve Edge that. I said, "Did you ever get to a point in a game where you're kind of like, I've won, I've won a premiership here, uh, you know?" And you, I think as the second 82, they needed to fight back against Manly, I believe, to come from behind. You know, was there ever any thought there, of, "I've already won a comp; it doesn't really matter." And he was like, "No, we had the opportunity to win another one, so we wanted to win another one." Yeah. So I don't think there's going to be that much, but yeah, it's it's how much subconsciously does last year's premiership and. They're not a team that lacks confidence, you know, in their ability.
0: Um, yeah, and, and they know that they they know that this team is pretty much set to be together. Like this isn't their last goal. They're not thirty year olds that are like, I played a whole career. Like they've got another bloody ten years, some of them, ahead of them. That that they know that they're going to be together, and they know they're going to be a pretty bloody good football team. Um, and. And you don't, know, you don't know until I run out there on Sunday how that, all of that plays into it. And it all, I think it all does. I think that obviously there are some players that they can block all of that stuff out. They don't care about it, to be honest. Hmm. But then there are other players that the pressure does weigh on them. Their past weighs on them. On them and, and we see that. We see that in some players' performances. And sometimes it, it breaks players. And other times it makes them stand taller than everyone else on the field. And that's what I love about the finals in Rugby League is that it's not so much just about watching a sport. It's like watching a human experience played out physically because you see you see a Jordan Rapana who, where it's like, oh, my God, this guy can't go near the ball without it being a disaster, you know? You, you see
1: some players get inside their own heads a bit too much.
0: Yeah, like a, uh. everyone knows who Paul Carriage is. You <laughs> <And, and laughs> did have the Paul Carriage game. We wouldn't know who Paul Carriage was, really. But the Parramatta fans would be like, oh, yeah, he's a pretty good fullback. You know, not too bad.
1: Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, But
0: he is a legend in the game for a reason. Infamous legend. Yeah. And so it, it's you never know. You, ne- you just never know. Everyone knows who Darren Albert is for a different reason.
1: Mm, you know? Exactly.
0: It's so cool. It, we've got such a cool game that you can win – Physically in so many different ways, but then also it plays out mentally. It's it's great. I
1: think the first the first five minutes, you'll see what. I mean, I, I'm pretty confident Parramatta will turn up, but you'll see what version of that good Parramatta turns up. Mm. Um, how how physically intense they'll be in the middle. I, two months ago, and I, I watched us play against the Bulldogs, and I was worried about that game because they'd beaten us earlier pretty convincingly yeah. in the season. I, I was like, I Are they going to make this Bulldogs
0: difficult? in that one? Hey, sorry. I, I tipped the Bulldogs in that one because I was worried about that one for you a lot too.
1: And they came out and just blew them off the park. And mm. I was in the press conference after and I asked Brad, um, you know, I, you played Morata to start and you dropped Matto to the bench then you played Matto and Cartwright together in the middle. Like, what was the plan behind that? And he said, well, we wanted to go at them through the middle and Morata is our probably one of our most physical middles. So we, that's the message we were sending. We were sending him out there to basically just bully them. Um, and that's what they did you know by the time Mattddow and Cartwright came on, he said, "Look, we had them beat uh through the middle we we knew we had them covered, uh, and we're just going out there to, to drive that advantage, I you some fast feet, fast ball movement, put the pressure on them, um and they cracked and he's kept that formula ever since because it works yeah. you know you've you've seen Murata on your and run he's not the biggest guy out there, but he's he's one of those players foo is the same. he challenges the defense to stop him. He's mm-hmm. not stopping himself. You're going to have to physically get in, get in his way and stop him. Um, and there's something about that. It's a, such a gladiatorial sport in that his job is literally go and get bashed.
2: Yeah, yeah. and he
1: tries to bash his opponent with and without the ball as well. Um, the The real the real thing I, I like is Nathan Brown on the bench. I actually thought he would have got selected a couple of weeks ago
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, when he was available. So there's been a bit of a talk about a rift between him and Brad, and they both said it, it's it's bullshit. And, I mean, and part it, of the reason.
0: Okay, around like you know the, the a few weeks ago where they said there was that report that Nathan Brown, the coach, was doing, which said people in the club were upset about nepotism. And I thought that was weird that that because that was leaked out of the club itself. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was very strange. Like it's weird how there's a bit of chatter the, around the club. The, the best, but it's Parramatta, isn't it? It's like they're yeah. always.
1: They're always in the news. But the best yeah. explanation I got was like, they're talking about junior football and they're talking about, you know, uncles and dads picking people that they know. And I think it was another, it might have been one of the guys on, on the fifth and last podcast who, who, who coached I think New South Wales cup level. Mm. And they're like, mate, that happens at every club.
0: That, yeah. We said the same thing. Like nep- nepotism in rugby league. Like,
1: hello, <laughs> that's rugby league. It's, you, it's, you had Zach no, you know, debuting no. for manly earlier this year. Mm. if, if he's not a Fulton, is he playing? Exactly. Is exactly. he playing for Manly?
0: <laughs> it's so silly. It's so so yeah. silly. It, it, that's why, like, when that report came out, I was like, "This is fucking ridiculous."
1: <laughs> I'm not surprised that happens at all. Like, let's, let's be honest here. It's it's, and I think it happens almost in every sport as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any sport that has a junior catchment where there are the coaches are essentially parents who have volunteered. They are going to select kids that they are familiar with.
2: Mm, you know, mm. Whether
1: it's their own kid or players that are in their kid's team or more distant relatives, they're going to give them a crack at some point because, you know, someone's going to be in their ear going, you know, can you give my son Billy a shot, basically. Mm. Um, I don't think it was, you know, as Brad said, they weren't even paying attention to it and they didn't give it any airtime. The Nathan Brown thing is is interesting in that, well, he's a big chunk of the reason he hasn't played recently is he broke his hand. He was out for like five weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he played the last round in Cup, in the Dallas Cup for Parramatta. Um, But his Cup numbers were like what you'd expect from a first grader, 150 average running metres, you know, 95% tackle efficiency, getting through the work that he'd be be tasked to do. And he was starting. He was playing, I think, an average of 60 minutes or something a game. Uh, And I like the fact that he's on the bench because my biggest criticism of Brad all season has been an inability to drive home any advantage from the bench players or keep the energy up in defense. And Nathan Brown does that. He's the thing he's like that, an unhinged psycho when he comes off the bench. Uh and he's not going to be asked to play big minutes, which which was a bit of a problem for him at the start of the year. He he um he played out last year with a torn syndesmosis. Um and he got surgery on over, over the off season, so his off season was was cut short, which is why he was a bit, you know, fresh at the start of the year. He wasn't um He wasn't playing big minutes. And and then the form, Nicorde and and Madison have been, it's been very hard to justify playing Nathan Brown when those two locks have been in fantastic form. Yeah. Um, But the comment around the, oh, you dropped him, you dropped Bryce Cartwright for for Nathan Brown. I'm like, I'm sorry, but is is great when you want to use the football, but only in small doses. And he doesn't bring the defensive aggression that Nathan Brown brings. And I think for a grand final, you're looking to a guy who's going to come up off the line, put a shot on, or he's just going to keep that that middle f- forward rotation going. You know, he's going to keep that intensity coming through the middle um, and, and inflicting a bit of that um, uh, intimidation factor once Regan Campbell-Gillard goes off. Um, all the focus last week ended up being on Dylan Brown and Sean Lane. Regan Campbell-Gillard's second stint was close to winning us the match as well. He scored a double in that game but his physicality and defence was immense. He came out and he hunted down the, the Cowboys' middles and then ran the ball as hard as he could as well to try and, and get us going forward and getting us moving up the park. There were a couple of times we weren't doing so well coming out of our own end, and, and Regan would just wind up off the back fence and take a 15-metre run and mm. just get things going again. Mm. He seems to have really come into his, his his best form at the back end of this season. He's been good for the past couple of years, but uh, he yeah, seems to have like really six, reached
0: six. Up the last six weeks in particular, he's, he's, he's gone to a, he's gone to his best football, which it, it, it's been, he would float in and out of that, you know, and, and, and you, sometimes you'd be like, man, is this, what's happened with him? And, but he's, he's got it, he's got it on. He's got it on at the right time
2: too.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. With cart I was, when that, like, Pen, Penrith would handle cart ride all day. Like he goes, he runs cross field, like yeah. it, have it. Run to the sideline, fine. Um, and, and so I think that just the the system change that they will have to their bench is a, a good thing for them. Um, the only thing that worries me about Brown is that it, you, you know he can he can go too far sometimes, mm. and I, I just worry that it, they're bringing him in for the grand final, and I just hope that they're not. They're not doing the thing that used to happen to Adrian Wally sometimes, where it's like, go out there and smash them. And he'd be like, yeah, and he'd go out and, and give away yeah. penalties and stuff and then wonder why everyone's upset at him because he did what they asked him to do. Yeah, It's to play measured.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think he's he's become a lot more measured since he's been at Parramatta. He's not as much of a loose cannon as he used to be when he was at Souths. Uh, the other thing is he's being asked to probably come off and play 20 minutes.
2: Yeah, he's not being yeah. asked
1: to start and... I think that might take a bit of the gas out of him, like in terms of if he was starting, I'd be a bit more worried that he's going to try and lay someone out in the first minute. Mm
2: -hmm. Whereas
1: if he's coming on, he's kind of got to just come on and just do his job. Yeah. Uh, And uh, the other thing I like too, is that he's got an offload in him and he's got a passing game at the line. And that's the type of thing that Penrith don't like. You you watch the way Penrith play. You watch the way Parramatta plays. Penrith play this very kind of, I'd almost call it pass first football in that, they they look to shift before contact. They don't like shifting in contact. Yeah. They like to even when they even when Cleary goes to the line, it, it's almost like he's he's trying to get his player to to, to get that ball well before he's at the line. Because mm-hmm. Penrith like to p- promote the football almost sideways but but do it when they've got middle don- dominance. Yeah.
2: Um
1: and they do it w- with Isa Yo. Uh, Isa Yo, Nathan's referred to him as his, as his as his other halfback basically, because Isa plays in the middle uh, and distributes the ball to the halves, and it allows Cleary to attack that third that third out defender, that C defender, and make them make decisions, make them make mistakes, and and move the ball on faster. I was looking at the stats from Parramatta's two wins against Penrith this year. Now Yo averages 21 general play passes a game, and in those two matches he made he managed 17 and 16. So Parramatta kept into almost a full set of distributing the ball, short of his average. Yeah. And when they lost to Penrith in the first week in the finals, there are other factors Mitchell Moses going off can cast one of them,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, but Yo was able to pass the ball twenty two times, yeah, so he got another full set to move the ball for penrith and a lot of that comes back to how well you start your sets, so if Penrith get on a roll, Yo gets space to ball play, and he can shift it when he wants to if they don 't have the middle dominance, Penrith don 't have the offloading game that generates second-phase play and generates space. The, if they're offloading there, I think Penrith are panicking a little bit because they generally don't do it. I think they're ranked seventh or eighth for offloading. So middle of the pack, when most of their other stats are outstanding, they're at the second or first. Um, and then the other thing is when you look at uh, the way Parramatta, it's interesting. Often when Parramatta play top, oh, they actually kicked him early. They like to get him and have him run that first tackle, but get get uh, get defenders down on him Yeah. get three or four in the tackle and prevent him from being able to wind up, right? It's like you've taken your best ball runner and he's taken the first run. If you win that first run, Dylan Edwards will run the ball and he's he's very similar to Clint Gutherson. He's not going to beat you with just absolute strength and run, run through you like Toto will. Yeah. He'll look for that gap. He'll look to get his shoulders through, look to get his head through and win the play the ball. And Charlie Stain's a bit similar. Um, I'm interested to see if Parramatta will try and, and do what they usually do is, is go to Toto with the first kick and ask him to kind of generate the set and try and dominate that tackle. Or if they look at Charlie Staines and go, we can pick him up and drive him backwards 10 metres, so let's do that. Uh, and then try and get that pressure on there. And the other thing with, with Penrith is if you stop that go forward and you stop Yo playing, ball playing, and force him to run the ball more, he'll run the ball, but... That's kind of not what Penrith want him to do. He, I think, he barely averages 100 meters a game. He's not a ball. He's not a a ball runner in yeah, the. Yeah.
0: He, he picks and chooses when to run. To like, he picks and chooses when to do what you would call a a traditional hit up. But he he'll do it when he sees a breakdown in the defensive mm. line, and, and and that's where you see him get through, and 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 then all of a sudden, like everyone's in trouble, you know. Yeah. Um. And, and, yeah, so, like, you you try and get him to get to a point where he's at, at worst doing, like, just a traditional hit-up.
1: Yeah, he's and, forced to run the ball because they need him to generate – well, he, that is, need him to run the ball as a middle forward.
0: can go forward, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. You don't want him being able to pick and choose when he runs and pick and choose when he passes. Mm. Because what that forces Cleary do is Cleary has to play closer to the ruck, which takes away his greatest strength, which is targeting the outside defenders. Mm. If he's got to get close to the ruck, then – his sideways run that that he does, where he changes his speed and his and his angle, becomes a lot less effective because he's got to try and get outside the B defender, and they can come up on him and shut him and shut the pass down, or force him to turn the ball back on the inside. And that's not the way Penrith like to play. Penrith like to go at the edges early. They like to use kick Cal and Martin.
0: Um, I tell you, the other thing it does is that it it means that the Y has to do more ball playing as well. Mm. And I, you know, I, I love him. He's an all boy, but I, he just—I don't know. I I don't know that he is at that level yet. I don't know if he will be able to get to that level yet. He's got—he's he, very good for the sit when Penrith is going is on a roll. And I guess like most footy players are good when their team's on a roll, right? But when Penrith are on a roll, he he has a very—he has a very niche. Part in the attack, and he does it really well. Like when the when the he's got good footwork at the line, he can pick out the right guy at times. He can put in a little bit of a kick at times, but I think if you ask him to play a traditional five eighths role, he, he's just out of his depth doing it. And that's when we can look clunky. And yeah. if you can take Isaiah o out of his role, and then you've got Cleary who's got to you know go to Plan B. He hasn't got a partner to go to plan B with.
1: Mm. See, uh, Queensland did that really well in the decider. Mm. You know, they they um, they forced Cleary to try and force the game. And and he hasn't, I'm not saying he's, he, he can't do it, but it's not the way he likes to play. You know, there mm. are some halves that would relish in that, like Andrew Johns, right? He put the pressure on Johns that way. And he'd take the challenge. And Darren Lockyer was one of oh. the best clutch players in history. Just,
0: I went didn't, behind. Sean Lockyer, because he killed you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, it, just watching, if so long as they weren't playing against Parramatta, those two. Um, <laughs> you know, but just that uh, that, that ability to, to be okay playing from behind and, and yeah. finding and like, I mean, they both got very. Johns and, and, and Lockyer both have very different running games to to Cleary, Cleary's. Yeah very much pick and choose. John's earlier in his career, very good runner of the ball, a little bit less as he got older, which is understandable, particularly with his injuries. And Lockyer, obviously a fullback when he came through the grades. Uh, so it, lightning quick when he first went to five, eight, and then you had to pick and choose his, his, his moment. Um, And yeah, I just think they, yeah, like you said, you've got to force Cleary to go to plan B, which is promote the ball. Mm. And Penrith like to do it on their terms. They don't like being forced to promote the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and Parramatta I think have to give them and like we said at the start, it all comes back to scoreboard pressure. If Parramatta can get ahead and and keep hold of the lead for a while and kind of, they've almost got to go, look Penrith, you're throwing everything you've got at us and it's not working, so you guys yeah. have to go to plan B. That's when I think you might see a bit of that panic like you've spoken about before when they start to look a bit clunky because they're forcing the passes.
0: Yeah, and that's when Luai gets the ball and the, all of a sudden he, he, it's like outs like are you giving me it or am I like they start breaking down out wide?
1: Kick out not sure to keep on his outside run or if he's going to cut back on the inside and exactly. you see a bit of that stutter step.
0: Exactly. And at times like this, like part of me or, or times like that, I should say part of me is just like, give the fucking ball to kick out and get him doing a hit up out wide. Just get, just start putting pressure on physically. If you can't do it with your footwork and breaking them down with the ball in hand, um, because they, like, and that's where, sometimes it'll just stop. They'll put a handbrake on. Like, you know, last year um, when they had Tyrone May and he would get the ball at times and it was just a handbrake on the entire pack. Now, they managed to still win even though he, and he was more of a bench player when they got to the grand final, but there was a point where he was starting because of, I think it was suspensions or injury, I can't remember, um, and he was killing our attack. And Luai can do that sometimes as well. And it really worries me because you don't change something when you win it. When you're mm-hmm. And the thing that worries me is that then you lose and then you're like, man, we should have changed that. That's the thing that really worries me. And I've talked about it all year. And it sounds dumb because they won 20 games. They shouldn't have a clunky attack, but they their attack gets clunky. It just does.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so as Parramatta, they can look really... Clunky, the thing I've liked in the last two months, they've averaged roughly, this is Parramatta, they've averaged, they've averaged roughly 30 points scored a game and they've conceded about 15 points a game. Mm. And you see a lot of discussion where Parramatta's defense is the eighth best in the competition. But I almost feel like the six again era, you've almost got to start throwing some of those stats out. Like, because there are games where you can just, you can lose the plot and you'll just concede points. Yeah. You know, it, it happened. It's it's happened to South last year. They conceded fifty in a game and still made the grand final. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we got beaten. We got towed up by the Cowboys up in Darwin by thirty odd. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game ended up meaning nothing by the time it got to finals. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. almost you can only judge a team basically on their last two months of footy because that's the version you're playing at the moment. Yeah, it's has changed their entire defensive structure <laughs> this during the middle of the season. They're yeah. not defending – the way they're defending now is not the way they were defending at the start of the season. I think a big part of that too is they've actually got a fit back line now. For the first, I think, two months of the year, mm. they were playing Hayes Perham in the centres with Dylan Brown. Perham was on the wing. They had Sean Russell on the wing. Um, I think Opechek was injured, and so Nicordae was playing there. It, it was like a dog's breakfast. Yeah, Every week we had a new player really on the wing.
0: them at the start of the year. Hey? They, they looked like – I was worried that they'd done their dash at the start of the year Um, in the previous years. I I was worried that it had kind of got to them, but they turned it around. You know, they, they got everything back on track and, you know, as you say, it's, how many times did we see the storm come out of the blocks in the NRL, kill everyone in the first, like three months of the comp. And then they get to the season. Yeah. And they get to the season and it was like, uh, at the, a giant wave just slowly splashing up against the, the beach. It just ran out of steam. You know, it, you want to be good at this time of the year. And Parramatta did it, man. Parramatta yeah. did it. They 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 were looking at their best now.
1: Yeah, exactly. You, you can't say that they haven't learnt from the previous seasons. They've gone out hard at the start of the year, won eight in a row, mm-hmm. and then the wheels have fallen off. Um, mm-hmm. This year, they haven't been as consistent probably as they'd like. Um Interestingly, they haven't lost two games in a row, and the mm. most they've managed to win is three games in a row. Now, if they were to win on Sunday, they would they would have won three games in a row to win the premiership, um, which would be kind of neat. <laughs> you go, <laughs> you managed to win the comp without winning more than three games in a row at any one point in the season.
0: It's a weird one. Oh, you know when we when we're coming against the storm in that first grand final, and it was like we're on some ridiculous. We'd been on some ridiculous streak, you know. And I was like, I don't like streaks. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like the when you've got to be like, and they'll, they'll break history if they win this one. It's like, oh, I don't like that.
1: Yeah. Well, we did that to Melbourne last year. They were nine, 18 in a row or something. Mm. And they're like, oh, they're just going to win one more to, to get the record. We beat them. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, oh, shit.
0: Because <laughs> the, the streaks don't mean shit no. anymore, you know? It, it's crazy. So, what is, okay, I'm going to ask you a question you're not going to want to answer. <laughs> but I've, I've been into all my questions. You've got to be, you've got to be, I've said all of my dirty laundry on this one, all right, about the things I'm worried about Panthers, all right? So, here's your one. What is the thing you do not want to see? When, you, when you're when you watching the grand final, what is something that, I don't know, the start of the game, in the second half or something, what is something that if you oh, see, say a like, couple oh, things. Yeah. Okay, like, go on. Uh,
1: Mistake in our first set. Mhm. Um uh our, our right edge rushing up and in early because I'm like Cleary's going to tear us apart if if we're up and in too early. Um see a lot of people are like are nervous about Wonga Blake. I, I honestly don't blame the guy. Like the bombs that Cleary put up to him. Good luck catching them regardless mm-hmm. of who you are. It, it they were uncatchable. Um, I I blame the the forwards for actually not getting to Cleary to put him under pressure to kick it. Um, Yeah, the thing I'm I'm worried about is is our middle going soft after the first 25 minutes. Uh, I know that we're going to come out firing. You look at our starting middles and you go, that's a a starting forward pack. But I'm really worried that that if we're behind after the first 25, there's not a lot coming off the bench. I know I've talked about Nathan Brown. Ryan Mm -hmm. Madison will come on. But, yeah, I don't like our chances if we're behind by more than a converted try after the first 25 minutes. Um, That and Penrith have been so good all year that, um, and I've been burnt enough by Parramatta to know that um, regardless of all the good feeling you've got coming into the game, there have been plenty of times they've let us down in the past, so I'm not getting too far ahead of myself at all.
0: You know, the crazy thing is I think that it's not just Parramatta fans have been burnt by Parramatta at this point. So, like, I think that's why in that, that Canberra game, a couple of weeks ago, like there was this feeling of like oh, I think the Raiders are going to beat Parramatta, because everyone had been waiting for Parramatta to to do what Parramatta's done in the past and I've yep. been saying for weeks like I want to see Parramatta win a game that matters, and they've, they've done that now they've done that, yep. they, all that shit is out of them, because they've won games that fucking matter, except for the grand final and you can only win the grand final if you're in it you know, exactly, it's- so all of that shit doesn't matter, but yeah, that, I I noticed that with the Canberra game where even non Paramount fans were like, oh yeah, I think Parramatta's going to lose that one. You know, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. everyone at work has been asking me because they know I'm a at nut. They yeah. were asking me for score predictions at the start of the final. I said I'm not giving you any. Yeah, I can't do that to myself. Like <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I, I just cannot bring <laughs> myself to go. Yeah, this is going to be the final score because <laughs> I just like I, I've followed this team for too long to be sure of anything anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, like they asked me, are you going to beat Canberra? I'm like, I'm nervous. Cause we're favorites. All right. We're at home. We're favorites. This is like classic bedshit territory. It's <laughs> like, don't turn up in the first 15 minutes, turn the ball over four times concede three tries. And you're just like, Oh, well we'll look at next year. Yeah. And then the Cowboys one, it's like we haven't beaten the Cowboys up there in five years. They've mm-hmm. never lost a final at home. And we've never, we haven't made a grand final in over a decade. Like surely this is when we don't turn up. Um, and as I said to you, I was—I thought we were gone when Murray Taulangi scored um, in the second half. I thought that was it; we were shot. I saw our heads go down. Just went—I don't think we're going to come back from here. Um, so I mean, on the other side of things, that there's a lot of positives in that—that that they turned that around and came back from behind. Um, and there's obviously a very, a very driven side there that refused to give up. Um, and the game could have been lost, and they could have just fallen to pieces, thinking, "Oh no, it's happening again." Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, like I said, I can't be sure of anything. <laughs> Mate, you know, I, if someone asks me for a prediction, I'm going to tell them to come back to me at 10 o'clock on Sunday night. Yeah. Look, any, any other
0: any other supporter from any other team, I'd be like, oh, they're just pessimistic. A Paramount fan, I'm like, dude, I get it. I get it completely, you know? And we all do. We all get it, Paramount fans. It's, cause,
1: it's not pessimism. It's realism.
0: Yeah, it, exactly. Exactly. It's like... You're not not pessimistic at all. You're going on fucking history here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we do not have a good history in these games. Do you understand me? It wasn't until some of the, um, the women at work were just asking me some questions about it. And I'm like, they're like, why are you so nervous? And I'm like, I went through, I said, 97, 98, 99, 2000. No grand finals. Very good team. 2001. Best side in the competition by a country mile. Lost the grand final. 2005. Minor Premiers, shit, the preliminary final. 2009, bloody came nearly last, made the grand final, lost. 2017, mm-hmm. top four, bow out in the second week of the finals. 2018, Wooden Spoon. Mm-hmm. You can't predict anything with this club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, now we're at this stage where we haven't, none of our, apart from Ryan Madison, none of them have been here before. Mm-hmm. And that's what terrifies me the most is that, okay, one, there's no scars, that's a good thing. Right. Yeah. None of our players can go. Oh shit! We're going to lose another grand final. But well, Madison's won the only one he's played in, so that's a good thing. Second thing is, does the 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 moment get to them? Does that 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 so something hit them when they run out in that eighty-three thousand crowd, and they're going, "Oh shit!" Like, "Holy shit!" We're at a grand final type type of thing, which I think is what happened to Penrith in twenty twenty. They were all good,
0: and they're looking across at the great Cameron Smith. Yeah. Like, he's like is like fucking i live here
1: <laughs> yeah who's played more finals games than some people have careers yes you know and you just go oh, i don't know don't know what i'm doing here <laughs> kind of thing or i mean in saying that you know do you do they get out there and just 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 look at that that crowd and go because i think there's gonna be a huge chunk of it, it's gonna be Parramatta fans
2: yeah um,
1: given how quickly tickets sold out um do they look at that and go this is this is for them this is us um, and then just, you know, they go out and play the game of their lives.
0: Look, I I, I look at 2003's Grand Final where you had a Panthers team that was, for the most part, very inexperienced, and they're coming up mm-hmm. against a team who had been in the finals, been there, done that one trophy. Defending season. premiers. Yep. And they didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And went out and bashed the shit out of the Roosters, beat them at their own game, and... You know, they got the trophy. Um, sometimes it all, none, all of it goes out the window. It, it, and you don't know until you're watching it happen. And um, the thing that I'm interested to see is is if the Panthers' journey that they've been on has turned them into something we don't realize yet, where we go, where, like, if they win this grand final, we're like, oh, this is what we fucking think of the Storm as, but the Storm didn't even do this. Like, there's a possibility this Panthers team is something more than we realise at the moment. And as you say, that in a few years from now, we'll we'll kind of look at with more perspective on what they've achieved overall and say, holy shit, like, this is fucking crazy. Or they'll lose to Parramatta tomorrow, uh, on, on Sunday, sorry, and... And,
1: don't, don't bring the game two days earlier. my heart can't
0: yeah. handle it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's tomorrow, aren't right? you? Get um, yeah, so we, we, that's why we play the game. The last thing I want to ask you, because I know I've kept you over time a little bit, that's Sorry. just my last personal question. Uh, have you done something this week or not done something this week because you are superstitious? Because I considered not shaving my face because I hadn't shaved <laughs> it for a couple of weeks and I was like, if I shave my face, and we're going to lose this fucking game. Have you done something like that?
1: No, I haven't done something like that. Um, no, it's your fault. All right. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <no>, go on, <laughs> go on. Sorry. No, I, so I'm I'm like a little superstitious, but it's more about predicting results. I don't do that when it comes to yeah. Parramatta. I don't predict results, and I always get asked, particularly this, this past week, I, I get asked, "How do you think they'll go on the weekend?" I'm like, "Oh, I think that, that they'll play a good game." Basically, I'm not saying they're going to win the comp. I'm not telling you a score. I'm saying nothing like that because that that would haunt me if I tipped us to win and and we didn't. Um, I, that's I probably that. as as superstitious as I get, but I've been like that for most of the past few years too.
0: Uh, this is the one game I can remember where I have been like, I don't want to, I, I don't feel comfortable saying like I can say to you, uh, I can I can say to you that if you go by everything we've seen that if I had to guess what happens most likely or what I think we might see, we might see Penrith do what they've done a bunch of times before where it's close game early on, they wear the, they wear Parramatta out and they kind of run, walk away with it. I've said walk away, not run away with it over the last few days. Um, that's as close as I feel comfortable saying,
1: hey. Yeah, yeah I've actually noticed that from, there's not a lot of Penrith fans predicting they'll win and the same for Parramatta. Yeah. Last year, there was a lot of Penrith's going to just run over Souths. Yeah, yeah. They're the best team in the comp by a country mile. Souths probably aren't the second best team in the competition. They got there because they're playing some good footy at the right end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they've managed to get their way into the grand final. Um, I think, obviously, these two ties are a lot closer, and I think the fact that Parramatta beat Penrith twice during the regular season has added to that. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the only team to do it, so everyone's kind of gone, well, I don't know, you know. Like, mm-hmm. if, if Moses has played, every time he's played 80 minutes against Penrith this year, he's won, but grand finals are different. But also, you know, that can be a factor, the fact that Parramatta has managed to win, so they know in the, themselves they can beat them. And then, as you've said, there's also the first week of the finals. For that result there, who does that impact the most?
3: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, yeah, very much like you, I'm not confident to tip to, to really tip either way um, as to how this one's going to go.
0: Well, I think it's fair to say we're both nervous now. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think we've made, this has made
1: me more nervous.
0: We've, yeah, it's made me more more nervous. You bastard. Um, look, thank you for coming on. I knew worries. as soon as I knew a couple of weeks ago, I was like, should I get him on now? Should I get it? And, and then when they made the grand final, I'm like I'm I I'm getting him on now? If he's got time, I'm getting him on now. So thank you for coming on. Um, good luck on the weekend. I hope whatever happens, you enjoy it. Um, Congratulations. Uh, I think you can celebrate now and I think you can be super confident.
1: No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take the congrats for actually making a grand final, but uh, nothing beyond that. Uh,
0: Where can we find you, mate?
1: Uh, Well, I'm the owner of One Ideal, so you can check that out there oneideal.com and i also run rugby league monthly so you can just check that out rugbyleaguemonthly.com i'm hoping to have a new edition out tomorrow for the grand final preview sorry normally i'm a little more um how you'd say down the middle um but i'm uh, all paramatter <laughs> this month for october
0: hey, anybody that doesn't like it can get stuffed hey, honestly because uh, you got to enjoy it. it and it's like I, I'm 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 happy for everyone that's enjoying this week, and ah, oh, it's going to be it, whatever happens. We have a moment for both of our clubs that is going to on Sunday night. It's going to be something we will all remember one way or another. And I just I love their moments in rugby league. It's going to be so good. And our teams are here. How many years did you and I both watch our teams? Think and I wish we were friggin' relevant, you know? Yes. <laughs> Well, we're, we're, of that. we're the two best clubs in the world. Anybody that doesn't like it can get staffed. Thank you for coming on. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, I'll get you on sometime next week if you're free, and if not, a little bit after that, and we can do a post-mortem.
1: Yep, no worries, not a problem.
0: Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you soon.
1: Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great promos, great odds and same-game multi this footy finals at palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.